Hello, welcome to the World Class Podcast. I'm Will, and in this episode, I chat to Georgina from our student experience team about looking after your well-being immediately after your assessments have finished, during that period between assessments and results being released, and once you've received your results. You can find the resources we talk about, including Talk Campus, on the well-being page of the student portal. Note that towards the end of the podcast, we discuss suicidal ideation for a few minutes. This begins at around the 28 minute mark and continues to the end of the episode at around 33 minutes. Today, we are doing a special well-being post-examinations, post-assessment special. Um, I'm joined today by Georgina from the student experience team who works in well-being at the University of London and who herself has just recently completed a master's program. Is that right, Georgie? Yes, that is right. So what was your master's in? So the master's was in creative writing for therapeutic purposes. And I loved it. Really, really enjoyed it. It was hard work. Yeah, I bet. So what did the assessment entail then? Was it ongoing or was it a final? So I had a big final dissertation. So it was 15,000 words with the blessing of the of the um, 10% leeway. Um, and my piece focused on long-term grief. That was what my research was on. Okay. And how did you, you've got your results? I've got my results, yeah. how did you do? I did well. I got a distinction, so Excellent. I'm very happy. Um, the hard work paid off, but it, it took a lot. It took a lot of failing in the process to finally get to the end product, but we got there. Brilliant. So what we're going to talk about today is um, there's, there's obviously quite a lot of resources we've talked about before on the student portal for well-being. Um, we've recently put up some tips from our colleagues over at Talk Campus who've told us about what you can do to help yourself during examination time. But what we wanted to touch on today is how to help yourself, how to look after your well-being once you finish the exams, once you're waiting for your results, and then beyond. Yeah. So, Georgina, with all that in mind, what, what do you, what's your role at the University of London and what makes you an authority on this subject? <laughs> so, I lead on student well-being and... That's informed by I've got over 10 years of experience working in mental health and doing specifically for me writing for well-being and I've done counselling training and all of these things. And of course, I have been a student myself most recently while working at the same time. So I've built up a lot of personal experience and insights as well as as well as all the evidence based things um, that exist. So, OK, brilliant. So. Um, we're just wrapping up the assessment period at the, yes. at the university. Um, so assessment obviously can involve many different things. It can mm-hmm. be written examinations, it can be online examinations, it can be coursework submissions. But it's a period of high stress. No matter what method it is, it's, it's high stress, uh, which can take its toll on, on the best of us or on anyone. You have to work really hard in the build-up to the assessment. You have that pre-exam anxiety in the days prior. Mm. Um, And then even when you've got through the assessment, you might be dealing with thoughts of perhaps you didn't perform as well as you could have Mm. done or perhaps as well as you were expected to. Um, So what can our students, what can University of London students do to help themselves during this period? Yeah, so it's such an intense time, whether you're working on like a huge piece of coursework or whether you're seeing examinations, It's really intense. And the key thing, like in the transitionary period, so you finished your assessments and now you're waiting, you're in the in-between spot. And the key here 
is to wind down. Really let yourself wind down because what you want to do when you're in high stress, that's a, that's a stress response. So typically fight, flight, freeze. So let's say in this instance, you're in fight mode. So what your body is doing then is pumping you full of adrenaline and cortisol. Those are the stress hormones and they are there to help you rise to the challenge that you're facing. So if we go back, like to look at this from an evolutionary standpoint, adrenaline and cortisol and your stress response um, and being really high alert, that is to, to help you rise to a challenge, face a threat. So essentially your body, the way that your body is responding is something, something is happening and I need to protect myself, I need to fight for myself. So in the modern day, that would be something like assessments or coursework. So what you want to do is communicate to your mind and your body that you are safe now. It's time to slow down, to wind down, to relax. You've dealt with the perceived threat and now you want to come back to a place of calm, to a sustainable way of being, rather than the really energy intensive, high alert, hyper vigilant state that you've been in. Because in that state, what you're thinking of, you're able to go through every single scenario that could possibly go wrong, and then every single way you can deal with that. And now, now that you've dealt with that, you don't want to be in that high state. So what people often find when they start to wind down, and we'll go through ways to wind down, um, is that they might feel really tired or they might even get a cold or get, get a little illness or something because your body has finally got to a point where it can relax and it's not give, it's used up so much of its resource that it now needs to recharge and it needs to restock. So that's where the tiredness comes from, is where the fatigue comes from. So winding down is the key. You need to give yourself a break now. You've worked really hard. So how do you do that? How do you, I mean, saying wind down, but how, yeah. when you've got that adrenaline pumping through you, that anxiety, what, what can mm. you do? So there's a really great book um, by the Nargoski sisters. I hope I've said that right. Um, we can put it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And they go through five ways to complete the stress response cycle. So if we think of stress as a very physical thing, it's hormone based, it's chemically based. What we want to do is get those things moving and out of our system. So there's five things we can do. Let's see if I can remember them. Um, things that help you wind down, positive social interaction. So you've probably been working quite you know, been working really hard. You maybe haven't been seeing people that you love so much because you've been really focusing. So instead of sort of waiting and feeling anxious about what your results might be, really use this time and make the most of it. Arrange to see your friends. Arrange to see your family, to speak to them. Um, another thing which helps communicate to the body that it's safe and it can relax and to wind down is laughter so if you're with the people that you care about the most and you're going out for lunch or you're talking on the phone 
you're probably going to have some laughs. So that's going to really help. It's that community feel. You've returned to safety. Um, you might want to cry. If you, that crying is really great for your stress response. Um, and it's, it's one of the ways that you complete that cycle. It's why often people feel so much better after a cry. Um, so if you do want to cry, just let it happen. It's okay. No one's judging you. You don't need to judge yourself. It's very healthy. Um, it's, we do it for a reason. So crying is really helpful if you need to cry. And physical activity. So this really, it really gets things moving around your body. So you could, if you want, have a, have a shake. So you start, you shake both arms, your legs, and you, you really shake, you really go for it. Yeah. And what you'll find afterwards, if you do that for a minute or so, you might feel sort of tingly. And that's, that's literally like a release happening. But of course, whether you like to stretch, stretching your body, yoga is a really calm way of doing that, or just dancing around your room, going for a swim, going for a jog, um, anything to get your body moving. The idea behind that is, and they say this in the book, is that in, you know, back in the day, years and years and years and years and years ago, the beginning of time, um, when you're running, you're usually running away from something dangerous. And when you stop, it usually means, ah, oh, I have outrun the predator and I'm now safe. And that's, you know, when we get that release of endorphins, all these good hormones that come after physical activity, it's that feeling, it's, it's relief. So physical activity, in whichever way that means, um, that's really helpful. And what have I gone through? Is that four? There is another one. I think uh, I've, and I've heard you say this phrase before, and I, th I saw it, I think, yesterday when I was getting off the train at Waterloo, there was a sign that said, it's okay to not be okay. Mm. So just, it, it's all right to feel different after a, a period of high stress. Yeah. And it's all right to admit to yourself that you're, you're, you're coming down, you're, you're, it, yes. you're in a, a transitionary period and it's okay to admit to other people. So you were talking about crying there. Yeah. People might think, well, that's, you might think people might think that's a bit odd, but no, I think people most understand that you've just been through a lot and yeah. like, like anything in life, you know, moving house, mm. having children, whatever it's, it's they're big life events that, that require yeah. a period afterwards to, to transition. Yeah, you're totally right. And often when we've been working really hard on something on a particular project afterwards, when it's complete, there might be a feeling of, Oh, what do I do now? What's my focus? What's my aim? If the way that you've been sort of valuing the way you spend your time is to be productive and to work towards something, you can feel a bit lost afterwards. And that's, it really is a transitionary period. You have to give yourself the space and time to transition from that really, really productive state to something more sustainable. And like you said, if you're not feeling if you're not feeling over the moon once it's over, or maybe you have that feeling temporarily and then you feel a bit sad and a bit down, um, that's natural. That's totally okay. And that's when we reintroduce the things that brought us joy before. If, you know, yeah. You've, you've sat your last exams, you've got 
that period where you're you're trying to wind down using those methods you spoke of, then there might be a, a period of waiting for your for your assessment for your results rather. Um, so so what can we do? You're 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 in a different state of mind. Um, you, you've got the relief of having finished your examinations, and then you the, maybe the panic starts to build again that you've got to go through receiving the results. Mm. Um, you put it to the back of your mind, but it's coming back. A lot of people pin a lot on results. I mean, at the time, you think it literally is the be-all and end-all if you pass an examination or not. And for some people, it, it may well be. Mm. Um, so so what can we do during that period, a little bit after the exams, that period where we're waiting for the, for the release of the results? Yeah, so there could be a total, yeah, complete range of feelings and thoughts as well so something that might be helpful here if you're feeling particularly anxious if you're trying to speculate how well things went or how it didn't go if you're trying to predict what the outcome is then something that can be really helpful is thought management so thought management is borrowed from cognitive behavioral therapy uh, cbt and the basic premise is that you become aware of the automatic reactions and thoughts that you're having Mm. and you challenge them and you say is this true and is this helpful for me right now what you want is to create an environment within yourself that is kind and compassionate and helpful so if for example you're waiting and you're thinking I haven't passed I'm not going to pass. Oh no, what if, what if this, what if that? And maybe just take a moment and ask yourself, what am I assuming here? I'm assuming something has happened, but there is no way of me knowing right now if it has or not. So what might be more helpful to say, my results are being marked, uh, my assessments are being marked, and the outcome will be whatever it will be. And I will think about that and address that when they're presented to me. And in the meantime, you really take care of yourself. So if you find yourself getting panicked or anxious, the key is repetition with this kind of thing, with well-being, with mental health and maintaining it. You often have to remind yourself okay, here's the thing that doesn't feel helpful for me, this thought. But remember, I introduced something that does feel helpful. And it's always repeating and going back to, I'm accepting how things are right now. And when the results come, I'll address it. And that way it keeps you empowered. So instead of this waiting, come back to the winding down come back to the doing the things that nourish you eating things that you love seeing people you love going to places you love you want to bring those bits of joy in so that in the moments where you get caught up thinking about a possible future that you have no idea is going to be the case yet or you might have an idea but there's nothing you can do about it right now literally nothing all you can do is accept where you are and be present and do the best you can to take care of yourself and that often feels really difficult because for many people being 
mean to ourselves or critical or punishing can be a go-to. Say things like, I'm so stupid, I probably hung past, whatever it is. And it's, you'd never say that to a friend. You would never say that to a friend. And you should be your friend too. That is what is going to get you through all the different challenges, all the waiting periods, is if you're a friend to yourself. Mm-hmm. I can definitely relate. I'm definitely a kind of worst case scenario kind of person. So I think the, the worst possible outcome is going to mm. happen. And I'm trying to prepare myself mentally for that for that disappointment before it's even happened, before it, yeah. as, as you say, it's way, way beyond my control. Mm. And I think you, what, you're, what you're saying is, there's nothing you can do about that. Put that aside. That's going to happen at some point. Leave it for now, but just concentrate on yeah. being the healthiest person you can be. Exactly. And it's not dismissing. You know, you need to acknowledge the thoughts that you're having and the feelings that you're having. But it's also natural, like what you were saying there with going to the worst case scenario. Our brains are sort of built that way. It's called a negativity bias. So this thing of going to a worst case scenario can be really helpful in terms of what the brain is trying to do. And this is this is something that I find useful is to not villainize my mind, but instead say, ah, oh, I'm having these thoughts because my brain is doing its best to protect me in the ways that it knows how, but it doesn't know all the ways. Like maybe I learned that and it worked 10 years ago. Maybe it doesn't work for me now. So being able to to view your brain as something that is trying to help you, but probably needs some guidance and updating. Um, so this negativity bias is natural. It, it was essential for survival at some point. And since the schools of thought like um, positive psychology has has come through, what we look to do is... This negativity bias is still here, but we can expand that vision to include helpful, supportive, nourishing thoughts as well and bring balance. So you acknowledge both. You can hold both, but it's not totally weighted to one side. So let's think about situations that are outside of our control, but that might cause lots of anxiety and panic. So, for example, say if your results aren't released on the date that you expected, So your initial reaction, your initial thought might be to panic and to assume that something has gone wrong, that you've done something wrong. But we don't know that that's the case. Mm. That's making a massive assumption. It's making a big leap from one circumstance into this one. So something that will be more helpful and hopefully support you to stay calmer is to accept that, okay, hasn't been released yet. That's outside of my control. I'm not releasing anything. They are. So a more helpful thought could be, okay, they've not been released. But I trust that everyone is working as diligently as possible to get them out to us as soon as possible. And then you see what the result is when they do come out. So instead of going into panic, you look at the situation in a new way and you say, this isn't going as planned, but it will be resolved. And I trust that that will happen. So then results day comes. Yeah. 
and there's there's probably three possible outcomes that it could mm. be could be that you've got your results and you've got what you've expected to get so you're pretty happy yeah. um you might have exceeded your expectations which which can happen you can sometimes you know it's, it's a common thing to come out of an exam thinking you've mm. you've you've done the worst uh you hear other people talking you hear what they've put down and you think oh i completely forgot that or yeah and you you know so you might have exceeded your expectations which which hopefully a lot of people have um but then of course there's the scenario where you haven't done what you've expected maybe you weren't expecting to do really well and you didn't or you had a complete shock and mm. and and not got what you thought you might so where where do our students go from there yeah yeah it can be a really tough intense time and like you said a range of emotions you might feel really relieved you might feel really pleased with what you've got um and take a moment to celebrate and mark that if you if you've done how you hope to do if you've exceeded it if if it's good enough and you're happy with it then really take a moment to to mark it somehow yeah to celebrate that it's really important we often place more focus on the things we don't do so well at so make sure you give this some time and it also might be a case you know th sort of thought management comes in again here if you're someone who um who experiences imposter syndrome so this idea that anything you do well is a complete fluke it's an accident you don't know how you did it you weren't supposed to do that well then it can be really yeah really insightful and helpful to to challenge those thoughts and and sort of if the thought is that was a complete fluke don't know how it happened maybe instead you bring in oh I worked hard and I prepared well and it paid off and you give yourself that credit because you know these programs go against the the standard of the marking that that takes place and the academic rigor and the quality assurance means that it's not a mistake you didn't fluke it you did it you did well so that's one that's one side of it now if you're disappointed with what you've got that that can be really really difficult and it would be tempting here to go into that punishing critical language again into a really unkind way of being. Why didn't you do better? You, you're stupid, you're not good enough. Those kinds of thoughts. And they are not going to help you to improve. So we wanna challenge those thoughts and bring in something kinder. Like we were saying earlier, speak to yourself as you would a friend. If a friend came up to you and said, I didn't do well. You're not going to say, oh, you're stupid. You're going to say, okay, let's talk about it. How are you doing? How can we do better next time? And this is a key thing. When we fail, whether we've actually failed or whether we haven't done as well as we wanted to, that failure is where amazing growth and learning comes from. And that's how you improve. That's how you learn. That's how you get better. That's how humans have evolved to this point is through trial and error. That didn't work. Okay, try something else. And 
that's where we are with this. So if you're feeling disappointed, acknowledge that. Acknowledge these things and get, get useful about it. What useful thoughts can you invite in? So reflect. What could you have done better? What could you improve on next time? Did you start revising too late in the day? Did you rush the paper? Could you be more consistent in your reading and your study schedules? These things will help you to do better because then you identify some practical things that you can start doing and start planning for and you get serious about them. If you did leave it too late, you sit down, you create a schedule for when you will start next time and you stick to it and you commit. If you really, really want to improve, you create an action plan and you go with it and you are compassionate with yourself in the meantime. And you say to yourself, okay, I did what I could at that time with the knowledge and capacity that I had. And this was the result. And now I have more knowledge. I have more data to work with about how to change that result for next time into something that I'm happy and satisfied with. So you need both the determination and the kindness. If one of our students, or anyone for that matter, has, has finds that their well-being has suffered as a result of anything related to their assessments or, or, or anything else, um, what support is there available from us at the university? So our students have access to Talk Campus. Talk Campus is a mental health peer support service and it's an app so you can download it to your phone and it's free to use. And on that platform, there's a global community of students. Everyone's sharing how they're feeling. People are going through different and similar challenges um, around the world. And assessments, it's, it's a really intense time and you might be feeling all kinds of things. So it can be really helpful to share that with other people. And there's a feeling there, and I know from feedback from students, a real caring community. People are there to uplift, to support, to acknowledge, to reassure that that other people have felt certain ways and come through and support each other in that way. So I really, really recommend using that. Download the app. If you go on the wellbeing page of your student portal, you'll also find lots of resources um, and articles by students, by us, um, tips for looking after your well-being throughout. And just to come back to Talk Campus for a second, there is also a crisis support line integrated into that. So if you're feeling, if you're feeling really low, if you're feeling suicidal, or are experiencing thoughts of self-harm, if you go onto the app, there'll be signposting to take you to, to that kind of support, to crisis support. And you verify using a University of London email address, which you can find on the Talk Campus page of your student portal. So really do utilise that. 
talking to others, sharing with others, especially others who are also students, will it will be helpful. Great. And you, you and I have actually both recently completed various forms of um, suicide prevention training. Yeah. You, you've gone a lot further than I have. I've just done an introductory course into it. I've got um, teenage boys myself, so it was it was a real eye opener mm. for me. You know, to to actually realise how prevalent suicidal ideation can be, mm. especially amongst that sort of teenage age range, student age range. I know our student age range is is big, but mm. students are high risk. What, what what would you say they're they're, they're at more risk of, of having those kind of yeah. of thoughts. Um, what, how do you feel that the training you've received has, has helped you with your role here? A really important aspect of the training and for everyone to be aware of is that having thoughts of suicide is really common. It's really common, but there's a lot of shame attached to it and a lot of stigma, so people don't often talk about it. But if you are feeling that way, the best thing you can do is tell someone and speak to someone. And it's not something to be ashamed of. It's really brave. It's a huge act of courage to notice how you're feeling. First of all, to be aware enough to know that what you're feeling and what you're experiencing, to be able to name that. And second of all, to actually speak it. It's an amazing thing to do. And the person you tell may not have all the answers, but you can find answers together. And there are crisis support lines in most countries around the world that you can search for and call if you need urgent help. So that would be one of the main things I'd say is that it's, it is common and speak about it. Let people know so that you can receive the support and care that you deserve to help you through, help you through that time and help you come to terms with with that and take next steps to keep you safe. And and what if someone was to come to us at the university and say, I'm harming myself or I'm having thoughts, I'm going to do something to myself. Do, do we have those support lines globally do we do we have that information we can share do we direct people to talk campus where they can get the, the the help that they need yeah so first of all do tell us if if you haven't told anyone else um or if you need to know the support that we have for you uh please do say something and we will support you as best we can from a distance so of course there are certain limits on the ways that we can help you but we will always do our absolute best to be there to be someone to chat to and to direct you to appropriate support. So that appropriate support for us would be through Talk Campus because that platform isn't just students and peers, it's also trained volunteers and it's clinicians. So there's the whole range of people that are equipped to help you. And if you're, if you're at a teaching centre, then you might want to let someone there know as they're in the closest proximity to you they're able to to help you and, and direct you to places nearby as well georgina thank you that's been absolutely brilliant thank as you. ever nice to actually do one of these podcasts in person so yeah. let's hope that there's more to come thanks for listening a reminder that you can find all the resources we discussed on your student portal at my.london.ac.uk 
Your University of London email address, which you'll need in order to register with Taught Campus, can be found in your student portal on the Taught Campus page under Wellbeing.